You're listening to Augustus Cho's Fry It Up podcast on the Nana Music Network. All right. On today's Fry It Up podcast, my guest organized the latest Joe Fest 2020 during the Labor Day weekend held in Augusta, Georgia. The next event on his calendar is to organize a follow-on one for the 2021, which takes about a year to do it well. And now we welcome to the mic, the organizer of the Joe Fest 2020, Ed Schumacher. How are you, Ed? Good. How are you, sir? Okay. Very good. 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 Uh, good. Thanks for uh, being joining me today. Um, let's first talk about the summary of the event. What is your assessment of the event? I think it went very well considering the challenges we had with 2020, uh, the COVID crisis, um, travel restrictions, uh, many people unemployed. Um, there was a lot of challenges this year, um, city and state guidelines, uh, national guidelines, um, you know, you, you put it all together, it makes it for a nightmare to, to try to get a, co- a convention off this year. I understand. Uh, from your perspective as the organizer, did the fest meet or surpass your expectations considering all variable factors? Considering all factors, I, I, to me, it exceeded. Um, we, weren't, we weren't guessing that many uh, attendees. Um, you know, considering what was going on in the world, uh, especially with the travel, we were just looking up the, the our our rooms. Okay, yeah, you were breaking up a little bit, so got it. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. That's okay. So, from your perspective, what was the best part about uh, the Joe Fest this year? The best part to me is always the camaraderie of it, uh, seeing friends um, that you haven't seen. We built the convention on seeing uh, people each year. Um, we had several people come from out west, California, uh, up in New York. We've we had them come from all over. Um, they made the trek. Um, we weren't anticipating, you know, a large traveling crew, uh, but but they did pretty well. They did pretty well, and, and to me, that's always the highlight of seeing. Uh, you know, they're like family each year. We see them every year. Uh, we come after the convention is over each night. We, we hang out, uh, get dinner, you know, all that stuff. It, it's just, it's like a big group get together every year, you know? That's right. Because today's uh, podcast is really about collecting and collectors and trying to understand what's going on there. Uh, in terms of the uh, event, what was the most uh, problematic part of uh, this year's 2020 Joe Fest? Problematic. Do you mean at the convention or planning overall, it? Overall, what was the most difficult part of uh, being an organizer of the event? Planning it. Planning it was tough um, because, you know, as as an organizer, your ultimate goal is to bring people to the event for vendors to uh, make some money, uh, have your guests make some money, make it worth their while coming. Um, and not knowing what to expect going into it, you weren't really sure um, if those people would travel. You know, people had bought tickets, but again, would they travel? Would they? Would they 
you know, m- many of them bought them a, a year and a quarter in advance. Uh, so things changed, you know. Um, we did have several people who did buy tickets and did not come. Um, well, that, that was the hard part. You, you, you got promises you want to make and you, you want to fulfill them. Um, I think you f- f- uh, fulfill those promises on your end best you could, I'm sure. Uh, let's go from the macro to the micro. Let's go from the larger picture to you. Uh, on an individual level, why did Ed Schumacher organize Joe Fest 2020? There's a lot of reasons. Uh, ultimately, I, you know, we were going to cancel it. Um, I had many vendors reach out and, and say that they were hurting, they, they needed the income. They thought people would come, maybe not in the same amount as normal, but um, they kind of relied on us to, to do it. Um, I kind of felt the personal sense responsibility to take care of that. Um, but then you also couldn't jeopardize anybody's health doing it. Uh, right. So we, we definitely, we expanded the showroom floor. We, we had large aisles. We had separation gaps between each vendor um, and have not heard of any outbreak whatsoever since the con. I know, I know it might take a little bit longer, but um, everybody I've been checking up on people and I haven't heard anything but positive. So uh, a lot of them were thankful. And, and, you know, again, a lot of them are, you know, friends, family with each other. They, they, they love seeing each other. So, a lot of them used it as an escape from 2020. Um, you know, you got the, the COVID, you got the political scene, whatever you may have. Um, 2020 has been difficult on all of us. Um, and it was nice to basically, you know, disconnect from the world for three days. You know, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, men got there on Friday. Um, it was just nice to to enjoy each other's company. And um, so far, so good. I mean, we haven't heard of any, any negatives whatsoever. Well, good. We keep our fingers crossed. Now, this is your third one. So yeah. when, you, when we roll back three years, what was your impetus for starting the first one? What got you motivated to organize something like this? Um, there was a convention called JoeCon. Uh, it was an official Hasbro convention, which makes the G.I. Joe toy. Uh, they had done it for 25 years. I went to the last one. It was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I remember sitting down on multiple nights after the convention. It was the same thing. It was Friday night, Saturday, Sunday type of deal. Um, we were all just sitting down and, and it came to the realization that this is the last one. And many of us wouldn't see each other anymore. Um, you know, of course, the toy buying, you could, you could always buy toys, all that stuff online. Um, but again, I, I think the conventions are built on the camaraderie. Um, so got home, started thinking about it, whether it would be financially possible. And um, man, it went fast. It went fast. We did a test run uh, three years ago. We've, we basically bought the smallest venue we could. Uh, and, and they showed up, and they showed up in force. Uh, the next year, we doubled the size, got overran. It just got too big too quick. That was 2019. Yeah. 
Yep. So, you know, this year we, we went a lot bigger. Uh, you know, we were technically, we're going to have half that convention space. And I think, you know, by rights without COVID, that might've been the right size. But as the year went on and it was becoming apparent we were going to do it, a lot of vendors jumped on because there hadn't been another convention. Um, so now we've, we've really grown. We filled the space, um, attendance, you know, of course, in the COVID year, we thought were quite adequate. Um, but it, it's really taken off. It's, it's taken off a lot. Um, I have many vendors, you know, I haven't heard of one yet that hasn't decided not to come back next year. So, uh, all indications are we will fill the same space and, and hopefully with COVID, you know, on the decline and maybe it'll, it'll go away or there'll be a vaccine or something, you know, I'm no doctor. So, um, next year the attendance could really spike because, uh, with us following through this year, we've, we got, uh, we got ourselves out there pretty well. A yes. lot of people recognized us now. So how many vendors uh, was present this year? You know, I, it's funny. I never really took an exact count, but I would estimate around 150. Uh, we sold almost 400 tables. Uh, some of them had no tables. Some had two, some had three. Um, never really sat down and counted, but you know, you count in that the vendors plus the artists, uh, plus the guests, you know, you fill all those spots. It was, right. it was our largest show yet. No doubt. Now last year you held the, uh, GI, uh, Joe Fest 2019 at, at the, uh, Double Tree Hilton okay. in Augusta, yeah. right? And yeah. that was probably about the half a space of what you did this year at the Marriott. Maybe a third, be honest yeah. with you. It was about a third. Um, the interesting thing was last year we only did it Friday night and Saturday. We didn't do Sunday because, um, again, baby steps, you know. Uh, the first year was just Saturday. So we tried opening Friday night last year. Friday night became too overcrowded. It, it got to the point where you couldn't even walk in there. Uh, Saturday morning we get up and go downstairs, you know, get to the check-in tables. And they were lined up outside the front of the hotel. So the demand was there. We just had to, we had to grow again. And now we have plenty of space to grow. Now we, we have plenty of space to accommodate people. Uh, you have room for people to shop in booths without getting, you know, hand to hand, you know. Uh, and that worked real well this year, you know, for, for the COVID. And we will be right back after this important message. And we're back. I mean, it took a, quite a bit of uh, courage to try to step up to the void that Hasbro, once they stopped doing it, for individual to step up and try to create, you know, con continue the history of G.I. Joe collection, isn't it? Yeah, um, they started their own convention after it. Um, I can't remember the wound up being more of a convention that was uh, basically they, they probably had less than 10, 20 um, vendors there. And the rest was basically, you know, to show uh, figures throughout the year. It was more of like a museum experience. 
So that that left a void with uh, collectors. They they wanted to come shop. Um, we've tried reaching out to Hasbro to see if they would, you know, be interested in joining us in the future, but still haven't gotten a response over the years. So um, maybe it's just a matter of building to where it's big enough to where they could recognize us. Um, but I believe after this year, I, I think we've reached that level now. Yeah, you may not need Hasbro. Um, if we're you're bigger than... Go ahead. No, no. You, you know, there's a certain faction out there that want to buy something new from Hasbro each year. Hasbro's putting figures in, in stores now. Um, so there is a resurgence, which is good. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what their interest is. Um, I, you know, they have so many other name brands. I don't know if they want to be tied down to specifically just one brand at a convention anymore. Um, but you know, they're more than willing to, to they're more than welcome to, to contact us. Uh, we'd love to have them out. Uh, you know, I guess time will, uh, settle the issue and hopefully they'll reach out to you because, uh, Something yeah. like this, that doing it by individuals as a daunting task, which you did. What was the most difficult aspect of organizing? Which which part was the most difficult for an organizer? Hmm. You know, I've been doing it three years now, so I've learned a lot. The difficult part was this year was the amount of people that thought that we shouldn't do it uh, for COVID reasons. Um, How'd you handle that? basically replied if you don't feel safe coming don't come um we put down every guideline we had and then we we did better than the governor's orders and the local mayor's orders um we did everything that was written down um we, we tried proving to them that we were we were going to be better set than per se a shopping experience at a mall or a target or walmart or food store um, that, that was, it's just, you know, you, you get the online presence and there, there's quite a lot of negativity online, especially this year. There's, you know, a lot going on in people's lives. So, um, we just tried being as polite and, and, you know, happy about it. But, uh, you know, we told them we would be here for them the next year too, if they didn't feel safe coming this year. You know, I had her through the grapevine. And it's kind of hard, difficult to believe, but that you as an organizer got death threats for uh, trying to organize this event. True? Yeah. Yeah. It, it got pretty serious there. It made us reconsider if we would want to do it again. Uh, but after the conclusion of it, uh, there was a lot of outpouring of support. Um, I think maybe the best way of putting it is you hear more negativity online than you do positivity seems to shine more negative um and, and the positivity really shines through at, at the end of it so i mean did you we believe are, it? we I are mean, moving forward i mean when you first got the death threat what were you thinking no <laughs> uh the worst you know people get courageous behind the keyboard <laughs> uh i wasn't concerned about it i just you know, there's also two ways of looking at it. You could look at it as that they really do care about it. You know, uh, if they didn't care about it, maybe they wouldn't have felt so strong. And and that's a positive. And sometimes they say negative publicity is just 
good as positive publicity. Um, it showed that they did, they still do care about it, which, which is a great thing. So, um, we pressed on, we kept going and it, it worked, it worked. It actually worked. So good. Now, originally, uh, the Joe Fest was scheduled for end of June, correct? End of June, the weekend before July 4th is where we usually stay at each year. Right. But then you had to reschedule. I guess you had to consider some of the variables and reschedule it for the Labor Day weekend. Did yep. that shifting of the uh, original date versus the alternate date mess up your planning for you and the vendors? Well, we had, you know, several vendors pull out because we, you know, September actually is, you know, in a lot of areas, school. Uh, so, you know, vendors have families. Um, then you had travel restrictions. Nobody knew what to do. We had some vendors coming from overseas. Uh, we had one from South America. We had a guest from England who couldn't make it because of travel restrictions. We thought by maybe pushing it back for several months that, that it would loosen up, but it never did. Uh, so instead, they did, they opted to move to next year. Uh, and, and we're hoping for, you know, a, a better brighter turnout as far as, as restrictions go. So, um, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a little difficult shifting because it basically, we shifted everything and only had, you know, two and a half months or so to get it done. Um, and something that large wasn't that easy, you know, um, but everybody, you know, for the most part, I would say 75% of the vendors were, we're okay with it. They wanted to do it. So, you know, by moving it, a lot of them were okay. So we did refund some tickets. Uh, some people couldn't make September. Um, but, you know, you know, things change. So overall, you know, most of the tickets we sold were, were kept and moved over. And being the only convention, convention this year, um, I think, you know, many of them were happy just to get out. <laughs> so... Now you try to bring some celebrities in to break up the flow and that sort of thing. Uh, how did it, how did the COVID impact that plan? Anybody, any of those celebrities pull out? Yeah, Mary Mary McDonald Lewis, which was Lady J in the cartoon uh, back in the '80s, she pulled out. She's uh, lives West Coast, um, just pretty rampant out there. Uh, we had Kara uh, Bono from Stranger Things. Um, she lives in New York which they have a lot of travel restrictions, but she was also going to go to uh, filming here real soon in California. And they were told they had to quarantine before they start filming at the end of this month. So that made things difficult for her. Um, and I can't remember if there was another, we, we lost a couple of artists. Uh, some of them were teachers, you know, in their daytime and, they didn't want to be around that larger amount of people, which is, you know, understandable. Um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of it was personal belief on a lot of it. Um, the ones that did come uh, had maybe a different opinion of the situation. Um, so it, it wound up really good. I, you know, I was shocked. I mean, the, uh, the attendance was real good. Um, a lot better than any of us would have expected in this year. So, excellent, excellent. All right, that's enough of the uh, aspect of organizing. Let's talk about the psychology of uh, collecting and collectors. 
I think that's a very interesting uh, human psychological phenomena. Um, you are a collector. So we'll begin with you. And maybe you can uh, yep. shed some light on uh, what this is all about. Why do you collect? It's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm sure every one of us started when we were younger. Um, had some memories, you know, family, my mom, all that stuff that way. Uh, why do I collect now? That's a good question because sometimes I, I look at it and go, what am I doing? You know? Because um, I understand I you have a room full of me. Yeah, I do. I do. And eh, I, I'm one of those ones that actually remember where I pretty much acquired all this. And to me, that's, there's memories attached to each of it. Um, you know, maybe hanging out with the friends or where it was a difficult chase to find it or uh, presents, Christmas presents, you know, anything along those lines. Um, I, I've always been one to purchase stuff if I liked it. It wasn't necessarily I have to complete this. See, there's two types of collectors. There's one that's a completionist and then there's one that buys just what they want to have in their collection. Uh, the completionist is willing to pay just about anything to complete that line. Uh, I've never been that way. Um, you know, financially, that, that's quite restrictive. Some of those items are, are very expensive. So, um, you know, everybody's different. I've, I've learned over the years because um, by building this show, I built this show with every vendor that I've known that I would shop at. Uh, I knew that the prices were affordable. Uh, I knew they were friendly faces. Um, you know, each collector is different though, because you know, I had, a, I had talked to a gentleman earlier today that was at the show. And he bought a $3,000 toy and, you know, I'd never do that, but doesn't mean the next person wouldn't, you know? So there's it, a collection, you know, a collecting habit for everybody. It's just, it's different, you know? And we will be right back after this important message. And we're back. Because I have seen people walk around at these, uh, you know, Comic-Con and Joe Fest with bags full of items that they had acquired. And these are serious uh, collectors, but... They also mm -hmm. seem very knowledgeable about what they're buying because they're not just randomly, randomly buying. They're looking for specific items to fit specific collections. Yeah. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Now, some yes. collect... Um, some yeah, collect I've, seen, I've seen a lot. Yeah. Some collect in a, a hundred uh, of the same figures while others collect to complete a set. How do you explain something like that? Uh, well, <laughs> it's funny because... There are several of my friends that will. They will buy hundreds of the same figure and they wouldn't build an army. Um, you know, see, there's all different things here too because several of them, you know, may buy the figures to draw them. Some of them do photography. Um, that's a whole other thing I've just recently learned of. Uh, some of them will buy um, to trade. Uh, there's all different parameters on, on why they buy um, some of them, you know, may have bought because they didn't have it when they were younger. Um, it's just, it's uncanny as, as to why, 
you know, what, what, why they collect, but, um, yeah, you are right though. Most of them know what they're looking for. Um, and then that's the, that's the interesting part because, you know, I don't even know half of what's out there. And every time I shop the floor, it's always, Oh, I see something I've never seen before. You know, and I had one vendor tell me, he goes, I'm really shocked that I don't know as much as, you know, even some of these vendors. And I told them, you know, I haven't been that, that long back. I've only been back into it like seven, eight years. Um, most of my stuff stayed in the attic. Uh, my wife told me, pull it out one day, pulled it out. She's like, well, this is pretty neat stuff, you know? And this is, yeah, yeah, it's just toys. And and next thing you know, we started a Facebook group, and and that's got 7,000 members in there. And uh, we, we just started discussing the toys each day, and I learned that there was a large presence out there in the toy world. And, and they're adults, you know? And it's like... Who knew, you know, who knew? And unless you know, it's out there. It's, it's, it's crazy, but um, yeah, I've learned a lot. I mean, some of these guys are mega collectors and, you know, I had one guy tell me today, to, as far as that we had some comic books there, it was an $80,000 comic book at the show. Phenomenal. I didn't see it, but they told me where it was. And it's like, there's a collect, you know, there's a, 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 there's a collector for everything and it's so whatever the market would bear you know it's, it's, to me it, it's a comic book yeah yep so um i i know there's some large collectors out there especially uh for say uh, brad pitt he collects comic books that's his that's his hobby you know that eighty thousand dollar comic book that maybe i couldn't afford he could he could buy you know, so uh, it, like you said, there's just a different different thing for every person. So here's an abstract question for you. Okay. What's the difference between a collector and a hoarder? That's a good question. I think the hoarder will probably just have everything buried in boxes and not know what they have. A collector will know what he has, know what he wants. Um, knows the condition of things. Um, you know, a hoarder, a hoarder will, like I said, will just, I don't, I think they just amass, you know. These guys here, they, they display the stuff, they wear it like a, a badge, you know, uh, 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 you know, so, um, yeah, no, these, these guys really love what they do, um, it's their escape, I, I believe, from everyday life, you know. Um, they come home at night, you know. It's, back when I was younger, my dad would paint little metal figurines. Uh, that was his hobby, you know, 50 years ago. Um, this is just a new hobby, this is to me. Um, now, people hoarders, have had hobbies for a long time, you know. Like you mentioned, hoarders will just collect, and they don't know the value of what they have. Uh, but it seems to me that collectors know exactly what they have and they're very systematized and they can pretty much tell you where they got each objects, why they got it and where it's at and they know the value of it. Yes. So is that, is that about yes. right? Yeah, that is. I mean, I, I can tell you, you know, 
my upstairs is filled with the stuff. I, I know where my wife's like, how do you know where everything is? I, I know what I own. I take pride in, in what I've owned. Uh, um, I for one have never sold anything I've ever owned, which is making a collection larger and larger. Um, some people buy to just sell some, some people just love to sell. Um, but that's how they, they can interact in the hobby with friends and, you know, and I'm sure it's profitable. Um, but you know, they, some of them just like to chase, you know, that's a big part of collecting is to chase. Uh, people love going store to store, uh, convention to convention, you know, flea markets, you know, you may find that one rare item and, and some people just love that too. Uh, it's something to do. <laughs> so, and one of the things yeah. about uh, Joe Fest and maybe some other Comic Cons uh, conventions is that they're largely men or males. Yeah. Well, what do you attribute that to? It's a military toy. Um, you know, when I was younger, um, they had all different female toys. You had uh, Barbie, of course. Uh, you had She-Ra from He-Man. Um, but I will say this, you know, it's interesting to bring that up because there is a lot more women that do collect the military, military toy that, than you would realize. Um, I've had some dialogue online with some, some women, they, they told me exactly what they're looking for, where, you know, what, what condition they want to find it. And, um, but it is majority men. I think back, uh, you know, eighties, we were a different society. Toys were gear, geared toward male and female. Uh, nowadays, the toys are not just gender specific. Um, they're more inclusive to everybody. Um, so, especially nowadays, you've got the movies where there are more female characters. Um, I, I want to read your statement and then get your thought on that, okay? Um, okay. A psychologist named Dr. Christian uh, Jared stated the following, there are reasons why men may be more into collecting. From an evolutionary perspective, it is to men's advantage to advertise their ability to accumulate and use prestige items to signal their fitness to potential mates. <laughs> what do you think? I know some, some, some people that have recently gotten married and, and they show their collection. Let's just say, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that's why they were doing it. Um, I know some women look at it and go, what is this? You know, but you know, per se, you know, there's a lot of women out there that my wife in particular, she has shoes, she has purses, she has, they have their own collection, but they call it fashion. <laughs> so, all right, Ed. Um, um, when I see a collector, this question always pops into my mind. And that is, it seems to me collecting never ends because it is a lifelong quest with no completion. So in your case, how do you know when to stop? We've had this talk online before. Um, in our groups. Uh, it's interesting. Um, we've all, we've all talked about when would you stop? Um, because a lot of us are, 
approaching retirement age, is it when the, the income slows down for retirement? Um, will it be a space requirement? Um, it's funny. This, this past year, GI Joe's made a, a return to uh, store shelves. We were under the assumption that it was never going to return because today's climate did not accept toys with guns. Um, that they were getting away from a military toy. Um, the bad guys are known as a terrorist organization. Uh, they didn't think in that particular climate that it was going to be successful anymore. Um, I think they've learned that it is quite successful, but we wonder how much it's adapting to the younger generation or if it's just guys my age that are buying them. And will there be an end to it? Um, you know, G.I. Joe's adapted from a 12-inch figure to a three-and-three-quarter-inch figure to four-inch, and now they're six-inch. So each generation's got their own size. Um, and it's interesting because I did a, a seminar a while back, and I remember asking some of the older people who collected 12-inch figures, did they ever buy our three-and-three-quarter generation to size figures? And, and, the, and those guys were mostly in their mid-60s to early 70s, and they said, no, it never even occurred to them to expand to the newer size. Um, our guys are adapting, I've learned. Um, they are buying. Maybe not in 100%, you know, for all of them, but they are. If they're not on the store shelves, you can't find them anywhere. And when you do, you better grab it because you're not going to find it again. Um, it, it, it is different. When is it going to stop? Only that person knows. Only All right. person knows, you know. All right. Unfortunately, we come to the end of our program, so let's give out your uh, contact information so people can contact you. Okay. Um, it's Joe Fest Toy and Comic Show. Um, we do have a website. Uh, it's AugustaToyandComicShow.com. Um, but Joe Fest is uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And so is Augusta Toy and Comic Show. We, we have two pages. We have the, the, the one page for the locals. And Joe Fest is for the Joe Collector. Uh, it just ties everybody together. So, thank yeah, you. I can be reached through any of those. Thank you, Ed, for opening yep. up your life yep. with thank us. Thank you. And uh, this concludes our Fry It yeah. Up podcast with Ed Schumacher. Thank you. <laughs>